you could be like the 400,000th best entrepreneur and still be multimillionaire, which is really interesting. So money talks. We got Ryan today. Um, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, what's up, guys? My name is Ryan Sheriff. Played uh, professional baseball. Still play for like the last 13 years. So now I'm just here hanging out in L.A. That's awesome. Um, so, OK, yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you. We were just saying because like I think professional athletes have a really unique view on money. You get to earn a lot. You get to kind of see both sides of coming from usually starting with zero, making a lot of money. Then everyone knows you're making a lot of money, which is really interesting because a lot of rich people, nobody knows. So you get to just live their life. But for you, I'm sure it's been a unique experience. Yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been a wild ride, to be honest. Uh, I started my professional career at 21 and um, I was broke until I was 27 years old. So it was absolutely been a journey. And then when I got my first taste of the big leagues, I had a lump sum. I think my two week check was like 20 grand and I look at it and I'm like, this just covered all the years that I just played in the minor leagues. Wow. Just this one check. That's when you were 27. That's when I was 27. So before then I was making like 600 bucks every two weeks. Mm. Yeah. Only half the year though. So you're, we're talking about like eight grand Yeah. a year. Were you working other jobs? No. So I literally threw all my, all my eggs into one basket, lived at my mom's house, worked out and just you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this thing. You so, just kind of live really cheap, stayed home, yeah. like kept going, kept grinding. Yep. Kept like did all of that. And then, uh, got to the big leagues and then I bought a car like an idiot. <laughs> I didn't know what to do because yeah. my mindset was like, yo, this is how you get rich by literally just making money. You know what I mean? Like getting a job, then paying you well, being a W2 employee, et cetera, et cetera. That's how you get rich. Oh my God, I was so wrong. I was so wrong. The first car I ever bought was a 2018 wide body Hellcat. I had the only one in LA at the time. <laughs> and uh, there was one day I was just driving down La Cienega and like, don't you know, like all the homeless people that come up to your window? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was looking, I was like, damn, why do I deserve this? And they don't. And the next day I sold my car and I've been carless for two years until I just bought my Tesla this year. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So the car did it for you. That yeah. was the, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty crazy. Um, but I've always had like a very, um, scarcity mindset with money just because of the way my childhood was. And, uh, I thought it was just normalcy that like my mom and dad would fight constantly about money. Mm -hmm. And my dad had like a huge gambling addiction, a huge Coke addiction. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would have to go visit him at motels because my mom would kick him out of the house from doing too much Coke Whoa. and gambling and owing people money all the time. And I had no idea. I thought that was normal as a kid. So it was just wild. My view on money was like scarcity. Um, I remember a couple of times my dad would take me down skid row and just be like, you don't want to be like those guys, do you? And I would hide behind the car, like the car window. Like, why am I here? Like, why are you doing this to me? Like, I'm scared. <laughs> and it got me into this freak mindset of like, okay, I never want to be homeless mm -hmm. and I'm never going to be broke. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when I, once I got my first taste of actually like making money, like in the big leagues, I just lived so frugal and just started dumping money, like all into investments. Interesting. So it's interesting that you would like having that fear of being broke, 
you still were like, no, I'm going to do, I'm going to, you know, become a professional athlete, which is like a lot of people would say is a really tough, uh, path to make, to make, to, to make money. If you're scared of being poor, was that a thought for you? Or was it just like, this is kind of what I want to do. This is the only way. So I'm a big believer in like manifestation, like your subconscious mind and stuff. Right. And so my subconscious mind, like all day, every day, 24 seven, as soon as I wake up would say, I'm going to pitch in the big leagues. I'm going to pitch in the big leagues. I'm going to pitch in the big leagues. No matter what it was like, even if I wanted to go do something else, I'm going to pitch in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. That's all that I ever thought about. And I ended up doing it. Um, so then, like I said, once I got my first taste of it, I would bought that car. And then the next thing you knew, I was like, okay, I blew out my elbow in 2018 in the big leagues. Oh, that's a classic pitcher injury, right? Yeah. The Tommy John, Tommy John. Yeah. Surgery. And then I ended up getting released in like August, but before I got released in like July, I'm sitting here and my ex-girlfriend at the time, her dad was like, you got to put some money away. Like I was just forwarding money. I think I had like probably like 120 K at the time Mm -hmm. and uh, cash, cash liquid. So yeah. just so just to backtrack for a sec, when you said when you when you finally made it, you were making twenty thousand a paycheck. Is that what you said? Yeah, about maybe a little more sometimes. Okay, but like about twenty twenty k every two weeks. What is that in a salary number? Uh, back then in twenty seventeen, I was making probably about five hundred. Okay. Every every I think that was my salary, but so, I was up and down from the major leagues and the minor leagues. You prorated on that, so. Okay. Interesting. So you, so you go in your salary is 500 K and then one day they just say, we're demoting you to the minor leagues and now your salary is back to like 20 K or whatever. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So your salary is back to like, I don't know, six, I think for me it was like five grand every two weeks for going from 20 grand every two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So Still not bad. Not bad at all, but <laughs> you gotta, pretty... you gotta make sure that like we get taxed. Yeah. Crazy. So yeah. 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 We see. That's why I was asking. Cause like, I think that's even a simple thing, even for me, that's a big like I've never had a salary cause I've always had my own businesses mm-hmm. and that's a big disconnect when you hear people like I make X, but then what does that actually mean per month or per week or take home or whatever? Yeah. Same, same with a business, but it's just in a different way where, so I think tax is a super interesting thing, especially I know professional yeah. athletes get taxed in a different ways and stuff. It's crazy. Cause like everyone thinks that like we're super rich and that's not really the case. Right. So like we're, we're W2 employees. Right. And so what happens is being the taxes that we get, uh, there's a luxury tax on top of that. Some, I think some states have a, a jock tax. I'm not too sure if that's what it's called. Don't quote me on that. But, mm-hmm. like, uh, <laughs> you know. but you, we see less than half of what we're getting for the mm-hmm. most part. So if I'm making 90 K that year in AAA, I'm seeing probably like 30, 40 take home. Wow. Yeah. Like we get taxed. Yeah. Is the kind of the highest amount you could the highest, even if yeah. you're making less than a hundred, we're getting the highest amount you could get taxed. Yeah. And it's interesting because another thing is, um, people just assume like, Oh, professional athlete, you made it. That's it. It's like, it's like a black and white thing. Like you, you didn't make it now you made it. And it's like, I definitely, if you do the math like that, right? Like a lot of professional athletes are not getting paid 30 million a year. They're getting paid 500 K, which is a lot, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, if you have a shorter career and you only make that and then after tax, it's not that much to where you can never think about money ever again, which is something I find interesting. Um, and would you say that's the case? Like you've been around a lot of athletes. Is that um, how do people think about that? 
You know, I've never really gotten to the, that discussion with a lot of people. There's some, there's some like guys in the locker room who do invest, and then you see your guys with their like Gucci backpacks and Gucci flip flops mm -hmm. and like, chains all the time. You know, so it's like an interesting dynamic. I just told myself I'm never gonna be a broke athlete, so mm -hmm. I just started investing everything, and I live frugally. Um, and I'm all about that cash flow now, you know, mm -hmm. being my age. Yeah. So when you got so you, so you were saying you you got you saved up like 100k, 120k. Um, and that's when you started like, okay, I got to do more than just like keep cash. Yeah. So crazy enough, I believe the year was 2018, right? I'm just like, you know, I got to invest this money. Yo. And so I called my ex-girlfriend's dad's stock guy. Okay. That's who I did. Ex-girlfriend, dad's stock guy. That's funny. And we were together <laughs> at the time. And so I call him, his name's Frank. Cool dude. I've been with him for like the last like five, six years. And I was like, how, how much money should I put in? Like, I don't know what I, I don't want to see this money leave my bank account because that's how we're like, broad. Yes. you know what I mean? Like, you see that number <laughs> get like out you. of your Wells Fargo, you're like, oh, <laughs> crap. He was like, get, start out with like 50. I was like, oh gosh. He's like, you could live on like 40 grand. I was like, all right, all right. So I gave him 50K. I'm like, all right, I'm trying to get a little bit addicted to this. <laughs> so I ended up like over like the next, I don't know, year and a half, 100K straight into the stock market. Boom. I'm living off like, I don't know, like 30K my, uh, on my debit, which is, I think is normal uh -huh. for, you know, people who are making a decent amount. Right. Yeah. So 2019 comes 2020 comes and I'm going into spring training and I'm just like, you know, if I make it into the big leagues, I, I do whatever, whatever. And then boom, COVID happened. Right. And so we're just like, okay, is there going to be a, a sports season? Is there going to be a baseball season? So yeah. we're just sitting on our ass, you know? And, uh, next thing you know, they call us back to baseball I'm uh, at this thing called the alternate site and we're just like getting ready just in case they need somebody for the big leagues. Next thing you know, they're like, yo, you're going to the show. I was like, finally back from my surgery. I'm getting back to the show. Let's ride. Ended up throwing like 10 innings with no runs, pitching in the world series against the Dodgers. Crazy. Year. I was Crazy. Like, awesome. What they, year is this? 2020. 2020. So I had like pretty crappy 2020. I had the greatest 2020. Yeah. Wow. Ever, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, ended up making like 206 that year, which is pretty sweet. And obviously I get to see half of it, right? Mm -hmm. Because of taxes. Um, and that all went straight to the stock market as well. Like most of it went to the stock market as well. That's good timing too. Yeah. 2020. Yep. So I, I put a lot of it into that and then, um, you know, played in 2021, made some money there. It was hor I was hoarding my money at that point because I knew that I wanted to get into real estate. Hmm. But in that time in 2020, we were stuck in a bubble, right? So like all athletes were stuck in a bubble. I started following this guy on Instagram named Thatch Nguyen, the real estate guy. Okay. And I was like, this is the way to get rich, huh? Like, <laughs> real estate. Yeah. Like, this is how you do it. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, I started reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I started reading The Tools by Barry Michaels and Phil Stutz. I know Jonah Hill just came out with a Netflix documentary. Yeah. Stutz. Did you see it? Yeah, I watched yeah, it. I thought same. it was great. So yeah. I was using The Tools before he even came out with the documentary. Interesting. Okay. I read the book. Um, and so after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad... And following this guy named Thatch Nguyen, and I talk, I still talk to him to this day. So it's been like four years. And we That's awesome. Three or four. And I was like, real estate's the way to go. So I just started hoarding my money. I'm just trying to get a, a job here and there, just playing baseball, whatever. Even if I make like 100K that year, I'm just like, you know, I'm going to keep playing. And so here comes, uh, what are we in, 2022 now? Almost 2023. Yeah. 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020. So this past season, I ended up tearing my rotator cuff in spring training. 
Shit. Yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of like a blessing in disguise for me, right? Um, it sucks that I didn't get to play, but since I was on the 40-man roster, I got big league pay for the whole entire year for the most part. Oh, wow. So with that money, I was like, you know what? Let's ride. So this has been your biggest earning year of your career. Yeah. Because you got the full year. Yeah. So the year I got hurt is the biggest earning huh. that I've made. Yeah. What's that expression? Like, like dig, like you dig forever and then one day or whatever, you like work hard every day no and idea. one day you find oil. <laughs> I, I butchered it, but it's basically like you kind of just keep working at something and then, and then one day it just hits like unexpectedly like yeah. this year when you'd be like, you know, you're injured and all this, but then that's your year, you yeah. know? And it's like, like 100%. <laughs> I mean, do I want it to go down that way? Like, absolutely not. Like I want to play. You yeah. Know yeah. I mean? Yeah. So you want to get back out there. Yeah. I yeah. want to play and, and I'm looking for, you know, a team right now, but did I want to get paid to be injured? No, I don't think any athlete does, Yeah, but sure. it, it's also my biggest earning year. So what I did is, I ended up buying a place in St. Petersburg. I have that getting rented out right now. And then I ended up buying a place two months later in Tampa with a back unit. Mm. And so both of those are going to be getting rented as well. And I redid it all. And, you know, thankfully I followed Thatch Nguyen on Instagram mm. and just learned everything, man. Just learned everything real estate. That's awesome. I think uh, real estate is one of those things where it's like, it's so obvious that like, that's what turns me. I'm just like, well, it's so obvious. It's like, I don't even, you know, like it, it must not be that easy because it is, but it just like, it, it's just like the right thing to do. Like it might not be the best in any given year or whatever, but it's just the right thing. And it's just like a really easy conservative way to build wealth. Right. And yep. ba banks, like something people overlook is just like banks will always lend money against real estate, right? You can refinance, you can get a mortgage, like all these things that, that m make you money because the banks identify real estate as what they want to yep. give you money against. So I totally agree. I mean, like people think debt's a bad thing, but if you look at it like a different perspective, like debt is actually a really, really good thing. Yeah. The reason being is because you don't got to pay taxes. Yeah. And that's the loophole around it. You know? Definitely. I think debt is a really interesting conversation. It's, uh, uh, yeah, if you just go buy things like cars and clothes on credit cards and then can't pay them and now you owe 20% and that just keeps building, of course, that's terrible. But it's a tool, right? Yeah. It's like if you're buying appreciating assets and borrowing against and not paying high interest, then that's amazing, right? Like Dude, It's beautiful. And accounts with real estate accounts as like depreciation, too, because someone's living in that home. So the house is actually like getting depreciated. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? But it. You could write that off as well. And you could write off your interest. So I'm sitting here like, well, I'm not going to pay taxes. Like, why do I want to pay taxes? Yeah. That's how I see it. But then I ended up creating a business out of it. And so now I'm building, like I told you earlier, I'm building uh, my mom's uh, garage into an ADU unit, about to rent that out. Mm. That property is going to be worth over $2 million when that's done. Um, and then I'm about to get on and get on to another property right after that. Interesting. Do you think you need... Um like another income, like you have your baseball income or, or can people just like do real estate by just like going and finding deals, using other people's money? Like if I had no money, could I go get into real estate like you're doing? See, the thing with that is like super tricky because you see these guys like online, like on TikTok and stuff being like, yo, you don't need any money down. Yeah. Like <laughs> buy a piece of property and all this stuff. And I'm sitting here like you need money to buy real estate. Yeah, like you're gonna need it doesn't have to be money. yours, but you need but money. You, yeah, you yeah. Need, whether it's you raising the capital, yeah. whether it's you uh, 
getting it from friends or whatever, like you're doing, you need money. Yeah. And like, I think you also need a side hustle as well, because what people also don't understand is if you're going to rent a property out, you just, you just don't want to rent it to like a piece of crap, like tenant, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so your place could stay vacant for like two to three months and you're going to need that cash reserve to pay that mortgage. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Do you think a lot of athletes like were thinking, are you saying some, some guys were, were completely not, but some were actually like while playing being like, I'm going to build my wealth. I'm going to invest. Yeah. I, I, I think there's a couple guys. I know Tyler Clippard. I talked to him in AAA played in the big leagues for like 16. Years. Okay. I'm not a big baseball guy. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> if any, any baseball guys out here, you guys know Tyler Clippard, good dude has a world series title with the Washington mm. Nats. Um, this dude gets deals on condos in Tampa and then flips them. Because he knows like the guy who builds them, uh, and I'm just like, whoa, this is like really smart, and sells them for like buys them for like 500k, sells them for a million in Tampa because Tampa's real estate market's unreal. It's flying right now. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Even in this recession, dude, my uh, bought my property for 390. It's up to like about 500 and about 500k right now. I only put like 15, 20k into it. Crazy. Yeah. And those numbers are way more affordable than LA. <laughs> dude, you can. <laughs> If you're able to buy a property in LA, I give you kudos. I feel like your margins are going to be super tiny. Yeah. Super tiny in LA. Okay. So you think the opportunity is not really in the hot cities where like New York, LA, it's more in like places like Tampa where stuff's cheaper, but people still want to live and pay rent. Is that yeah, kind of the hundred percent? Like, so for me, like LA, I'm going to buy like a $1.5 million property right now. If you have straight cash, cool. But if you don't have straight cash, it's like you're going to have to take out a mortgage on that, right? Yeah. And then you're going to have to pay your interest rate, which which, which your mortgage on a $1.5 million yeah. home, like 8000 Yeah. And then you're going to rent it out, let's say, for like $4,000. you are still going to have to cover that four yeah, grand. So the margins aren't, aren't It's there. interesting. I think what's really interesting, and we're doing another episode with a real estate agent um, yeah. this week. So... We're going to get into all this again, but um, the rent versus buy thing, I think is really interesting. Like we're taught from at least like I always heard when I was little, like don't rent because you're throwing away money. And like, you know, if you buy a place, then your money goes to a mortgage. And like, I've just learned in my later years, it's really not that simple. And like, it could be a good decision to buy. It could be a good decision to rent it. Like it's all like running the numbers. And what do you think about that? Oof. Um, so for me, I've been absolutely traveling my whole entire life right? uh -huh. since I was 21 years old for baseball, like going around, going around, going around. Luckily, I'm in like a really weird scenario because yeah. the only family member I have is my mom, right? So I come back home, I'm able to stay with her at our place and it's just her and I. So I don't have to pay my mortgage there, even though I own it. She does, which is awesome. That's, so, that works so well. But when it comes to the renting and the, and the buying thing, I'm always for buying mm -hmm. if you think as an investor, right? So yeah. if you want to buy, you have your property and you just rent it out. But the hard thing is, is like, where are you going to live? Right? Yeah. So I think at that point, it's like, oh, let's go get a duplex. And like, if you're going to do it in LA, let's go get a duplex in Long Beach. Somebody, you live in the front, somebody rents out the back and that, that guy pays your mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a good way of thinking of it. Um, yeah, I just think a lot of times there's, um, you know, like paying when people say like, don't rent because then you're paying someone else's mortgage. And it's like, you know, when you when you go to a restaurant and you buy a meal, you're paying their mortgage. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you're always paying someone. It's like 
when it, when when you rent a place, you're you're paying to not have to do a lot of things. And I've actually heard a lot of stories where people are like, "Yeah, I bought this house. It's not worth any more than it was when I bought it. It cost me property taxes, upkeep, all this stuff that you don't see." And they're actually paying more in all that than their rent would be. And their money's sitting in a down. So there's like the two sides. I think generally, yes, like buying assets is a good. And that's probably why that 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 tale is all this time of like, you know, don't rent. But like, um, I just think it's interesting to kind of think about both sides. You know, it's like the lease leasing or buying a car. Also, people are like, well, I'm going to buy it because then I own it. Well, I was like, well, have you done the math? You know, like it might actually be better not to own it. You know, I mean, my whole thing is like, let's use other people's money. Right. Yes. Like with my car, I'm thinking about like, okay, should I continue paying the payments of 600 bucks or should I just use the bank's money? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then have other people, you know, fund my lifestyle. How bad that sounds, but people are always going to need a place to live. Yeah. So why not just continue buying assets? And with that positive cash flow, they get to fund your lifestyle. It's yeah. wild. It, it sounds crappy, but like, it's just the way how it works. Yeah. It's all about the cash flow. It's crazy. Um, one thing I think really interesting, and I'm curious your perspective, because you've gone from professional athlete. How many, how many major league pitchers are there in the world? 0.01%. But like how many at a time? Like there's how many teams? 30? There's 30 teams. You want to talk about 14 pitchers per team. So if you did the math on that, I have no idea. So, uh, you know, yeah. What would that be like? Uh, so you said 14 per team? About 14 per team in the big leagues with 30 teams. So. Okay. What's that? 420 or something? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So, okay. So 420 in the world. In the entire world, and yeah. you were one of them. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. To think about that. And what I love about entrepreneurship and business is like you can be so let's say in baseball and pitching, you have to be one of 420 in the world to be like making a lot of money. And even then you're saying like some years you didn't make that much yeah. and like you still have to work and do other things, right? In entrepreneurship, whatever, you could be like the 400,000th best entrepreneur and still be multimillionaire. Yep. Which is really interesting. And people don't think of it that way. It's like, you don't have to be the best, most public, like, you know, billionaire, Elon Musk, one of these guys, like you can just be, you know, a normal person. That's like the, literally the, you know, 700,000th best business person in the world, but you're still making millions of dollars. Like kind of interesting, right? Dude, It's crazy. It's just so much more room to play with when it comes to real estate in my eyes. Yeah. You know I mean, like, yeah. What you're doing is like you you have a business, right? And that's the top of the top. I in my eyes, like okay, having your business and then it's real estate. Yeah. Real estate makes millionaires. Owning your own business makes billionaires, and that's how I kind of see. It. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like cool. There's so many ways to win. Like, and I'm that's why I started this show because I'm like I just want to hear how people are doing it in way different ways, and yeah. it's things you never think of. That would be like someone with like selling like pipes for a really specific thing and you're like they're like yeah i did 17 million last year or you know what i mean like it's just like there's so many ways to kind of to kind of win and uh, especially now there's like all this new tech stuff the web 3 stuff um so i got really into web 3 last couple years collected a lot of nfts had one record-setting nft purchase really yeah um it was a a lebron james highlight i'm a big basketball guy okay so you got into Web3. Yep. I saw on your Twitter, you're yeah. like, <laughs> so what's kind of been your experience with that? Oh, man. So I was in the crypto game 
since uh, 20, 2018. Oh, wow. I was buying Bitcoin at 800 bucks. Oh, so you, you did well on that too. Absolutely not. And I'll tell you why. Oh. So I was, when I blew out my, my elbow here, I was in rehab and this millionaire dude comes up to me. We became like really good friends. He actually lives on like Abbey Kenny. And uh, he goes, yo, get into crypto. And I'm like, I had money in there before. I just don't like trust it. I don't know what's going to happen. He's like, just do it. I was yeah. like, all right, I'll put some money in. So I put like, I don't know, 500 bucks into Bitcoin. I forgot how much it was. It was a couple hundred dollars. Right? I just let it sit for like a year, whatever. Mm. So I go out to baseball and I'm like, man, I need some money to pay rent. And I end up cashing it out. Oh, no. Yeah, I ended up cashing it out. I was up. What was your thought at that time? Were you like, well, this is probably not going Yeah, up. I was like, this isn't going to go anywhere. And the funny thing is, my best friend in 2011 told me to buy Bitcoin. 2011. Wow. I just had no idea how to do it then, right? There was yeah, no yeah, no, it was like, very different. You have to be like the ultimate, ultimate crypto geek. To do yeah. <laughs> I had no freaking clue. <laughs> and so from then on, I was like, okay, I totally missed an opportunity here just to become a mega millionaire. Um Let's get into some NFTs. So I started buying a bunch of NFTs. Uh, I made it all right. I made like 10 grand. Maybe Which ones did you buy? Oh, man. I didn't buy any board apes or mutant apes or anything like that. I was like, this is way too expensive. I'm not willing to risk yeah. any of this. But I had some like Illuminati, some crypto covens. Um, Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. I had some of those. I had a bunch of Illuminatis, actually. I sold most of them, though. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think what else. I, mean, I haven't really looked in a while. Yeah. So, so NFTs are pretty down bad right now. So is crypto. Yeah. Do you think it's coming back? Oh, it's 100% going to come back. Yeah. I just love how like all these exchanges are just getting blown out the water right now. Like FTX going underwater right now. Crazy. Um, it's pretty cool. It's going to just like eliminate all, yeah. all that FUD. Yeah. And then um, all the regulatory stuff is going to come. Yeah. That's what we need. It obviously is terrible. A lot of people lost a lot of money and it sucks because the trust in crypto goes down. Like when these things happen, it's like, oh, this whole industry is a sham, whatever. But I think in a lot of ways it's good because you're just getting rid of the like bad actors and the people who came in and capitalize. And it's just like it kind of is a reminder for the world that like, you know, when you don't play fair and do things properly, you lose eventually, which is like a good lesson for everyone to remember, you know, 100%. like a year ago. SBF, it was like, oh, this guy's the next whatever. Like, you know, he's a genius. He's on covers of magazines, and your people are sitting there like, why can't I do this? How do you know? And all this stuff. And then, it, and, and he was, you know, spent a ton of money and all this stuff. But everyone's sort of like, that's the way to do it. And then, like, it all comes crashing down. And it's like, oh, you know, maybe it wasn't so bad to be a little conservative and just like not do things, you know, not. <laughs> I feel like they think it's like a get rich quick scheme, which it kind of was at the yeah. time. It was kind of a little scammy. A big casino. Yeah. 100%, yeah. A little scammy, like watching the markets all the time. Like yeah. watching stuff like just like go down. Oh my God. I'm the biggest D-Gen too when it comes to stuff. Because <laughs> like me and my boys will have like this group chat and be like, yo, buy this, you know, D-Gen token. It's worth like less than a penny. Like, multiples yeah penny and we'll go buy and now i'm sitting here losing like 1100 on this coin <laughs> maybe like three mil you yeah know what i mean so it's like really bad it's yeah, really <laughs> bad right now <laughs> yeah i know everyone you know uh it's interesting how when things go up crazy and everyone's like i'm 10x i'm 100x my money that's when everyone's kind of like trying to buy crypto because yeah. it's like i'm missing out and then now everything's down bad and you don't hear it at all and it's like I don't know if now is a good time to buy, but it's definitely be it's definitely 
objectively makes sense to buy something that's down 80, 90 yeah. percent if you believe in it yeah. than when it was uh, finding a new all time high every day kind of thing. I mean, I feel like Bitcoin, it's an interesting thing. Psychology of, of it all. It's, it's just cra- it's scary, right? Yeah. Like you just don't know what to do because it's not in the media anymore. So it's like, do I buy? Do I not buy? But I think right now is a good time to buy. I mean, yeah, my biggest one right now is uh, Gala. Have you heard of Gala? Have not. No. Oh, my God. Um, so I started buying Gala. At like, is that a token or an yeah, NFT? It's a like token. a okay. Um, you know the creator. You know Zanga. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Farmville on Facebook. Okay, yeah. Those are the creators. Okay. And so they made like all these games, huh. like Web three. Gala is their Gala their games. local token, or yeah. So Gala games. And so okay. I bought a node. Me and my boys bought a node. It was like fifteen grand at the time. Okay. We, we went three ways on it. So we mine. We pretty much mine it every. Uh, I don't know, every day I get like 150 coins a day or something like that. That note is now worth like 100K. Wow. Yeah, it's great. And then I bought some of my own. And one day, like I was sitting in my chair, I was getting a haircut. And my boy, my boy calls me. He's like, yo, gal is about to go on Coinbase tomorrow. I need you to buy some right now. <laughs> oh my God, how much do I buy? He's like, I don't know, just put some money in. It's like, all right, go on crypto.com. I'm just like, all right, here's about like 3K. Just put it in. I wake up the next morning to 20 Gs in my account. I was like, what? whoa. Let's ride. It. Didn't pull any of it out, and now I'm like biting the ass on that. Right? Uh, <laughs> I still think it's gonna go back up. So mm. it's it's hard to know like when to sell when to, you know. Obviously, so uh, I heard something today that was like you shouldn't buy anything or invest in anything unless you have a plan of when yeah. you're gonna sell. Kind of like, but what's the the flip side of that is like the real like like the best investments are kind of that long tail where like you can't sell because it's let's say an angel investment or you don't and then like it's kind of like things that you could have never imagined. Like some of the the first NFTs I bought that went insane. Like I could have never said like, Oh, when this $500 NFT is worth a million dollars, I'll sell. Like it didn't, wouldn't have, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so like those outsized returns don't happen if you always would sell when you imagine something. So it's hard to know. You would know, you consider yourself like a long-term investor. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had NFTs that I've been holding over two years, which in NFT land is <laughs> It's a long time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think the technology is here to stay. I think Web3, there's some amazing stuff. I think 99% of the stuff that came out in this bull run is just was cash grabs were things that people thought were long term things that aren't that, you know, were kind of like a lot of fluff. So, like, I never really was like, go buy this project or I'm so high on this one. It was more like. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. You ride the wave, but yeah, I'm a little more long term. That's not, that's so some things for sure, though, you know, ETH in itself. I just, you yeah. know, that's like a hold. Um, not financial advice, of course. <laughs> Everything is non-financial advice here. I'm a long term holder, too. Like, I mean, uh, no lie, like last year at this time, my my account was up to like 53 grand in, in you know, crypto. Yeah. I only invested like 30K. You yeah. Know? You're like, now I'm buying the bullet. I'm like, should I pull out last year? Like, what am I doing? Whatever, whatever. But I still do think like, it's like, we're super early in the technology stuff. Yeah. I feel like the next generation is going to be able to use this for sure. Yeah. It, it kind of messes you up too, because like, I know a lot of people who, you know, made tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in this crypto run. And that really mess. I mean, for me too, like it really messes you up because it kind of shifts your perspective of like what a good return is. Like, I'm sure after like, you know, 
your gala going from 3k to 20k, it's hard to then go back and be like, yeah, I'm going to like, you know, renovate this apartment and rent it out to make like 3k a month. You're like, but I like clicked a button and made 20k. Like, does it mess you up with your other normal investments? It's like, or is it just two different buckets? And it's like, this is play money. This is because I think that's probably the way to look at it. So when it comes to my crypto, it's like a little bit of play money for me. Mm. Um, But then again, if we backtrack, my dad was a gambling addict, right? Mm. So when I invest into crypto, I get that adrenaline rush. And so that's why I know I have that like addictive gene in me. And so that's why I keep like loading the dice in there. So it's like, it's kind of, it's scary. So, but I feel like I use that, that gene in like a good sense. Yeah. 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 It's such a fine line, gambling, business, investing. Yeah. It's a very blurred thing. I find like you've like, I like gambling too. I stopped like sports gambling and stuff when I was pretty young. Cause I was like, just kind of took a step back and was like, yeah. I'm not going to win doing this. So like, let's play different games. Yeah. Um, but it's always tempting, right? It's like, it's a rush and it's like, you know, yeah. When you invest in crypto, you kind of fall into that and you go, am I doing this for, am I investing right now? Or am I just in or the casino? It's, I think it's important for people to kind of like make that difference and like take a, st- like, am I just doing this and I'm getting this rush or like, am I actually like, yeah. you know, that's why I had to take a step back and yeah. it's crazy too. Like when, when my teammates invite me to the casino and stuff, like I don't go to a lot of team stuff just because they're going out to the casino and stuff. I can't mm. be there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if I go there and you don't want to be around it and I'm just like, what if, what if I start like losing all my money because I have that gene in me? I can't do it, man. If I'm going to gamble, I'm going into crypto, something that can give me a really big ROI. But then I think about it. It's like, if I go to the casino, I get a fat ROI on that too. So it's like a fine line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I just think it's um, casino sports betting. A lot of this stuff is like, you're not going to beat the sports books. You're not going to beat the house. Like, like, you know, when I go to Vegas, you stand in these beautiful hotels, casinos, look around, like, what do you think built this? You know, yeah. it's like, you're not standing here because people win when they go Yeah. like, this is this nice because people lose. So <laughs> you might, you might beat the odds this weekend, you know, two weeks in a row, but like the longer you go, you're just going to lose eventually because that's what this place is built off, you know? That's hilarious. And I, Vegas forever, you know, it's, um, it's just like, it's not, I'm not saying don't gamble, do whatever you yeah, want, but yeah. it's good to know that because no one's beating Vegas, yeah. you know, like no. unless you're counting cards, which then you get thrown out pretty badly. <laughs> so, uh, when you, so when you like dreamed of being a professional athlete, yeah. was it about the money or was it about the sport? I think the older I got, um, because I started my career later when I got to the big leagues, yeah. I was 27, like I'm almost 30. Yeah. Um, I think then it started becoming more about the money. First, it was for the identity, right? So, like, I wanted I wanted to be known as someone who pitched in the big leagues. And mm-hmm. It was the identity aspect of that. And then, as the years went on, real life started hitting in. And I'm like, all right, this is about the money now. Like, this is a business. Like, thing. I've come this far kind yeah. of thing. And, like, you're all in. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, this is about the money. This is about me setting myself up for my future. Because these businesses, they don't care about us. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're just another, we can be replaced just like that. Yeah. So I need to set up myself. I need to set up my future. Uh, if I were to get married, I need to set up my wife. I need to set up my kids, you know? Yeah. So whether sometimes I could have been a bad teammate or not, maybe, but I just totally saw it different. It's like, it's not for the love of the game anymore, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's the love of the process. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like 
the process of like doing better, being better, but on top of that, getting paid for it. Yeah. Interesting. And so like when you, um, so you, when you were there, like, do they teach you stuff about money? No. Is there, no. <clears throat> I didn't learn one thing. About Nothing. Money. Yeah. I didn't learn anything. I had to literally sit in my room and literally teach myself financial literacy. Yeah. Like, wow. Read books, go on Instagram, listen to some dudes that I thought that were like, you know, legitimate. Yeah. And which luckily for me that they are, and they're not some like bogus people saying, yeah. oh, you can buy real estate with zero money. Not telling you that you got to go raise capital and stuff like that, which is probably pretty hard. Um, yeah. But just being able to just literally teach myself. I taught myself almost everything. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you, have you seen old teammates, like people that played that were either like famous or played in the MLB or whatever that are now like broke? Uh, like firsthand? I personally haven't seen it. Uh-huh. I've been fortunate enough to like when I first got called up with the Cardinals, I was with some like mega dudes, man. Like, mm. These guys are like multi, multi millionaires. And, the big um, contracts you hear yeah, about on ESPN. About big contracts. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I got brought into when mm. I made my debut. And it was just like Hall of Famers and guys taking me under their wing and stuff like that. So if they ran out of their money, they're absolutely doing something wrong. Yeah. No, you, you hear about it a lot, though. Professional athletes, even the ones that made a lot, a lot. And like some are broke and some. So, I, you know, I think it's more of a. What football and basketball, right? Than it is baseball. Yeah, I don't follow baseball. I just yeah. in general, you hear, you know, where um, they don't really teach players. They don't really like, like no, and, and it makes sense, right? If you come into it and like athletes, I would say in general are not really interested. At least this cha- this is changing a lot, but it used to be like they're focused on their sport. That's what they do. So they come in from zero, make all this money, and then it's like no one teaches you how to spend it, right? Nothing. And it can go fast, even if it's a lot, right? It's crazy, man. Like, I'm surprised that they haven't taught us anything about money. We get media training. I yeah. got some media training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, other than that, like, when it comes to financials, nothing. Is that because they don't really care? Yeah, they don't care. It's a business. I mean, we'll have meetings in spring training, and they'll come in like, oh, uh, here's a, um, a clip of how not to – be like abusive towards your spouse or girls. Don't be domestic. Interesting. Yeah. But nothing about money. Nothing about money. Just domestic abuse and um, just bargaining agreements, I think, sometimes with the MLBPA. But nothing about, literally, nothing about money. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. They want to take our money. Yeah. Like, oh, donate to this. Donate to that. Yeah. Why don't you teach me how to invest? Yeah. You know? When you, before you, uh, got into the real estate stuff like that, did you have any, was it, was the thought like, eventually I'm going to get into business, do this, or was it just like play baseball? Like that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make enough to retire after the baseball career. Um, so my first year I didn't really know anything about money. Okay. I thought I was rich with two grand in my bank account Uh and then I got my, my other paychecks and I was like, okay, this is cool. (laughs) Um, and then when I got hurt that following year in 2018, when I blew out my elbow, I was like, all right, there's more to this Yeah, because baseball doesn't last forever. Right? Yeah. So that was when it hit you like, it hit me. Oh, like, wait a second. Yeah. Injuries. I'm, I'm glad that it hit me sooner <clears throat> than later. Right. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I blew out my elbow, I'm sitting at home, like playing Fortnite every day with a cast on my arm. <laughs> and I'm just like, damn, man, I got to make some 
funny, yo, because this doesn't like this is gonna come to an end one day. Yeah. And so that's when I started investing everything. I live frugal and invest everything. Mm. Only live for my basic needs. What's your your thought on the next ten years? I know you're saying you'd like to get back out there, play yeah. a few more years. Yeah. Do you have like a what's your kind of thought when you project ahead? So my thing is I would love to play like another two years. Okay. So I'll be what, like thirty four. You're thirty three? You're thirty two. Okay. So I'll be thirty four at that time. It you I doesn't even have to be in the big leagues because I'm not doing it to pitch in the big leagues anymore. I'm doing it just to get some more uh capital, right? Mm. Like and, and I'm still good enough, I feel like, yeah. to continue playing. Um, but my goal is to retire by like 36, 37 and just have cash flow coming in from real estate. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. My goal is to make 15 G's, 15 G's a month gross, uh, not gross net, um, and gross, whatever comes from that. But yeah, mm. net 15 K a month in my real estate and I can live my life on that, man. I'm super simple dude. Yeah. Yeah. How far are you from that? Like how hard is it to get to that point where you're making 15 grand? Cause I feel like to a lot of people that's like wow if i can make 15 grand pretty passively mm-hmm. often off assets that i also own like yeah. that's the dream right yeah. so how hard is it to get there i feel like it's not that difficult once you start right so it's all about like intention right mm-hmm. so like i first wanted to start buying real estate in 2019 me and my boys got together we're like we're gonna make a real estate business and we're gonna buy some property never went through so I'm like, all right, these guys are lagging. I don't want to be stuck behind. I'm going to go do this on my own. So I bought my first property and then I started to realize, okay, I can use my debt and buy more property mm. and put sweat equity into it and start adding value to these properties. So then later I could refinance maybe like six months to a year or two later, refinance, pull out my down payment and some mm-hmm. and buy another place with multiple doors and just keep getting that passive income. Yeah, so just build, build. I think it's pretty simple if you just put the intention towards it. Yeah, love that. That's just where my mind goes, yeah. What do you think you're doing in real estate that separate, like if you had one thing where you're like, you know, I'm doing this specific thing and this is like why I'm being successful in it. Yeah. What do you think that is? Honestly, I'm because that for me, honestly, like I, I've never done a real estate deal. So maybe yeah. we'll do one together one day, oh, dear, yeah. <laughs> but I, and I really want to, cause yeah. I, I, like I said, I think it's great. I just am always like, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to avoid the things that are bad. I don't. And I'm like, you know, what's the one thing like you, you people specialize and it's like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So what's, do you have like a secret sauce kind of, no, I have nothing to be honest with yeah. you. No secret sauce. I feel like I'm doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. Nothing separates me, Yeah. but I've noticed throughout my life that I need to fail to learn. Right? Yeah. So it's nothing comes easy for me ever. Mm. So the first house that I bought in St. Pete, I bought it just so I could become a Florida resident and not have to pay California taxes. Interesting. I did not want to do it. So I bought it. I just went in blindly, kind of bought it, went through inspection a little bit. Little do I know, like the realtor is a scum, do like left permits open on my property and stuff like that. And just big, am I allowed to curse on this? Yeah. He's like a big piece of <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like I've texted him some pretty shitty stuff. And so that's what I learned from that one. We go into my second property that I bought in Tampa. It has a unit in the back and a big three, two in the front. Like it's like 1700 square feet. And I was like, okay, I'm getting a really good deal on this brand new roof on it. I bought it for 390 K. Like I told you earlier, it's worth like 500 or more right now. And, uh, I drive down to go for the closing and the guy goes, so I'll let you know, there's a permit open on it. And I'm like, what does that mean? So like a permit could be like maybe something structural, right? So like maybe like a beam in the house or like something in the front 
of the house or something was not permitted by the city. Okay. Something like that. Right. So, so the city could come, so you could buy it for three ninety, and then the city comes and says like, well, actually there's like, a permit open. You're going to need to get the permit closed. Okay. So it's so, like work for you and yeah, costs potentially. Yeah. It's okay. inconvenience. And if something goes wrong, like I'm going to have to cover that cost. Right. So yeah. I'm sitting there. I drove literally two hours away to go sign these closing papers. And the guy goes, there's a permit open and we did, we just, you know, got the word and I'm like, I'm not signing this. Uh, there's no chance. And this guy's face was just like, I'm so sorry. Like I didn't, <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm just, you know, taking notes from the last, the last yeah. property that I did. Like, yeah. I'm not going to sign this. Uh, you can drive to me next time that yeah, yeah, yeah. the permits are closed. Just let me know. Like two weeks later, this dude comes to my house, like, hey, the permits closed. Like we're all good to go. Sign yeah. the paper, boom, put some money into it. And, and Interesting. There we go. I like that. I like that where it's like, start with one small, mm-hmm do it. You just got to do it. Right. Yeah. And then you learn. And then it's like, Oh, that went badly because of this. And then like yeah. the next time you're more confident and you're like, I don't do things with permits of it. And then, you know, yep. I'm sure there'll be something from this that you're like, I don't do things with X, you know, I don't. Yep. And it's crazy though. Cause like the more you start like looking at houses and stuff and like going into open houses, you kind of feel like you're on HGTV cause you're like learning a bunch of stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I don't know. It's, it's pretty cool. It's like super fun. Yeah. I just really like it. Yeah, I think getting started with one though, you're going to be like, okay, this is pretty easy. Yeah. It's super easy. That's interesting. That's Just cool. Right now, you get the cash flow. Yeah. You know, no, it's smart. I mean, uh, I like real estate again. I think it's like, I don't tell people like, even though I did a lot of web three stuff, I never say you should do that. Cause I know it's so risky, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I wouldn't want to lead someone to something that's like extremely risky or that, and I think real estate is not that usually mm-hmm. you can obviously have bad deals, but I think it's just a good thing for most people yeah. to do. Uh, so it's interesting to hear. Yeah. I think like the biggest thing with real estate is you need to look at where people are migrating to. Right. Yeah. So a lot of people are leaving LA and they're leaving LA for certain reasons. You know, as a landlord, I would never want to be a landlord here. Just interesting. Yeah. The, uh, the rules, the laws for landlords are just not in our favor. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah. So yeah. it's like, you got to go somewhere where the rules are in your favor, where people are actually going to. And a lot of places where people are going to are no state income tax places. So like Grant Cardone, you've heard of Grant Cardone? Yeah, for sure. That dude buys everywhere in Florida. Yeah. Like Florida, Nashville, or I think Florida, Tennessee, and maybe Georgia, I think. Yeah. But um, that's what they're all doing. They don't really buy stuff in LA. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So I wanted to, I had one more question I meant to ask you before. When you got, I'm always curious, professional athletes or people who come into a lot of money at once. Yeah. Like someone sells their company. I've never had really an event like that. It's been more gradual. Mm. When you like kind of, I know you said you bought a car, but like, what was your mindset when you finally got that first massive check? Like, was it like, oh, I made it. This is over. Was it like, I know you bought the car. Did you buy anything else? Were you like, no, I just bought a car, man. Was it, was it like, cause that's, you worked so hard for so long. And then you just got this $20,000 check from, from zero to 20. And then yeah. you're like, I'm about to get a lot of $20,000 checks. Yeah. Um, you know, what's funny when I first got that call going to the, you, I was like, like I told you, I was really broke. Right. And, mm. uh, the next day I was going to go sell my car at CarMax cause I needed the money. Yeah. And the coach calls me on the phone. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm in AAA in Memphis, Tennessee. He's like, what are you doing tomorrow? I was like, uh, I'm going to go sell my car at CarMax. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, uh, you're going to have to cancel those plans because you can go get yourself a new car because you're going to the big leagues. And I was wow. like, oh, wow, that's sick. 
Little did anybody know, I was pissed off. And the reason why I was mad is because it <laughs> took so long for me to get there. And nobody really knows that. And so, uh, then I finally got there, I pitched, whatever. It was great. I got my first check and I was like, this is awesome. Now what do I do? You just have like money. It's like, what do you do with it? Yeah. I had no idea what to do with it. Yeah. So I'm going to go buy a car like some stupid kid that I am. <laughs> buy the car. Literally, I don't get anything back on that car. Right. I don't yeah. get my money back on the car. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, why did I just spend my money? Why did I just give Chrysler all this money <laughs> yeah. that I'm never going to get back? So yeah. I just stopped buying cars. And that's, yeah. that's where my mindset flipped. So it, it was a fast lesson for yeah. you. Oh, super Wasn't fast. like, yeah. yeah. Super, yeah. super fast. I think it's fun to buy some stupid shit. I mean, as I sit here with all my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but these are worth 90 grand. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, it's just more like um, sometimes now I just buy shoes because like I remember being a kid and being like, yeah. I got to like choose and save up for the shoe I want. And then now like obviously relative, a shoe is not that expensive yeah. to like, you know, and it's like nice to be able to just be like, yeah, I want that and buy it. And just cause it's something nostalgic, you know? Yeah. And I still like, to me, like shoes are art and things like that. It's like, I wear them, but it's also just like, I like looking at them, you know, <laughs> it gives me pleasure. So I'm like, that's worth a lot. You know? I mean, I see where I used to be a sneakerhead. Like I, told yeah. you, like I used to collect Nike SBs and I like the Tiffany's and all that stuff. Yeah. Like I sold all of them, but like, uh, you know, I love shoes too. Yeah. So I see where you're coming from. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, anything else you want to, you want to plug your socials so people can follow you? Yeah. I mean, uh, my Instagram is at King Sheriff. So K I N G S H E R R I F F. Same with my Twitter. And I just recently like started doing TikTok too. Nice. And I, I got to get on TikTok. Dude, TikTok is so funny. I posted like a, a dating <laughs> one yesterday, like a date gone bad. And I got like 6,000 views on it or something. That's so funny. <laughs> is your, is your content like, around baseball or business or real estate or I have some like baseball stuff on there. And then it started transferring to, to, I did a dating one because I just thought it was so funny. Yeah. And, check uh, it out. I've been on like a lot of dates. So it's like, I have so many stories, man. So it's great. So That's, I just feel like sharing them. When you come back on the pod, we'll do the dating, <laughs> we'll do the dating stories. I'm so poor. Man. That'd be sick. Cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Dude. Thanks for having me. It's money fun. talks. Oh, yeah. <laughs>